0: This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It falls to Eli on the volley. What a finish. Gotti Kinda has struck. It falls to Polito and he puts it in. To Johnny Russell. First time shot. And Johnny Russell has a hat trick. The Sporting KC Show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer with only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra. Find your fit. Now your host, Nate Buchanan. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and of course wherever you download and listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you as always listening to the show, however and wherever you are. Hopefully you subscribe, hopefully you like, and you tell all your friends. What a great show it is. We are presented as always by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And I am Nate Pucati, joined as always by the one and only Allie Trost. Hello, Allie. How are you? Hello, Nate. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. And we have special guest in today as Connell McCourt is, uh, is out once again. We have the one and only, the answer, Jacob Peterson, joining us as well. Jacob, how are you, man?
1: What's up, Nate? How's it going? Thanks uh, for finally inviting me here. We've, uh,
0: this, this is a standing invitation that that we have for Jacob Peterson, but, um, sometimes you're available. Sometimes you're not, you're available this time. So that, uh,
2: the most you've been to the eight ten studios, uh, in consecutive. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Two times in one week. You enjoyed it so
0: (laughs) much over the weekend (laughs) that you wanted to come back, right? It's, it's nice. I like it. There you go. Well, good. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Um, And we have a lot to get to today. We have a very busy show. Coming up, we're going to talk with Andreu Fontas, should-be MLS All-Star. It is All-Star Week. We're doing this on a Tuesday. Tonight is the Skills Challenge, and tomorrow night is the MLS versus Liga MX All-Star game. We will talk about that. We will talk about the 0-0 draw against Minnesota United and what it meant. Maybe get into some controversial comments about the officiating after the game, and we will preview a big, big retro night at Children's Mercy Park. There's a massive game coming up on Saturday night between second-place Sporting KC and third-place Colorado Rapids. It is a very, very tight race in the West, and we're in the second half of the season now, so we'll be watching it the rest of the way. So let's get right to it, guys. We'll start off with Minnesota United and Sporting KC. Minnesota United nil. Sporting Kansas City, nil. Red card to Remy Walter in the 21st minute. The referee was asked to go take another look by the video assistant referee at that red card. He took a quick glance at it, decided to stay with his red card, and Sporting KC behind a phenomenal performance by Tim Melia, seven saves on his way to MLS Team of the Week honors, and another clean sheet for Melia, and Sporting get a result out of it. I'm going to start with you, Jacob, because I know that we, we had a conference call earlier this week as a, as a crew, and you spoke pretty passionately about what this means. You have the perspective of being on trophy-caliber uh, teams in your career. So what did this win mean in your mind? For, or not win, but draw. A Freudian slip there, maybe. But what did, what did the result mean, in your opinion, about this sporting Kansas City team?
1: Well, it feels like a win, Nate, right? Yeah. So, so that makes sense. There are certain games throughout a regular season where sometimes it's a 3-0 win or just the way that you play. Or sometimes it's going on the road in a tough place, down a man, seeming like everything's against you. I think it was your seventh game in 22 days. And as we talked uh, about the game on Wednesday against Portland, the energy just wasn't what we were used to for sporting. The energy against Minnesota from the opening whistle was phenomenal. And they completely dominated Minnesota for those first 15 minutes of the game. Um, Knocking the ball around, creating some chances, and then the red card. And I thought Remy was playing great. I thought he was the best player on the field. Again, he he had a 100% passing game in Colorado. He, up until that point, was 20 for 20, 100% passing, Moving the ball around, getting stuck in, always around Reynoso, and then the red card happened. And I have a the more that I watch this, the the more upset that I get with it, because I understand why the referee gave the red initially, because I thought live that it was a red. looked like his studs came up. But then when you look at the replay, he tucks his foot in. He doesn't stud Reynoso. He tucks his foot, kind of hits him. Yes, it's a yellow card. It's a foul. There's no doubt about that. I don't have a problem with the ref giving the initial red. I have a problem with the fact that he didn't take the time that he needed to take to look at that replay. I timed it last night. He looked at the VAR for 11.13 seconds. That is not nearly enough time. Should there be
2: a minimum for referees when using VAR? Like, you have to at least look. You cannot... Make that determination without looking for X.
1: I mean, I think the we don't want VAR to take up 10 minutes. um, But he had already made up his mind before he went over there. That was certain. He was not going over there because he thought, oh, I made a mistake. He was going over there because the VAR official told him, hey, come take a look at this. He looked at it one time for 11 seconds and said, yep, my call was right. And to me, that was not enough time. But to get back to the point, Nate... The response from Sporting and and the way that they fought. And you saw Alan Polito, which I think kind of sums up the whole game for me. Reynoso, Alan Polito loses the ball maybe 30 yards into their attacking half. Minnesota break, they go on the counter. Reynoso finds the ball on the top of the box. And we saw the great angle from it from behind the goal where Polito is tracking back, sprints. Slide tackles Reynoso on the top of the box to prevent a really good opportunity. And when your number nine's doing that, when your DP forward, your high priced guy's doing that, that just reverberates around the team and it inspires everybody. And it wasn't just Polito. Johnny Russell did it. Kyrie Shelton was excellent. Gotti Kinda, I mean, you could go down the list and everybody put in that performance. And we know that sporting can play pretty soccer and knock the ball around. This was a game they rolled up their sleeves. They said, we are going to outwork this team, make it difficult. And hey, it helps to have 10 million Gold to, to play a, a phenomenal game, which we're used to. But those type of wins and in the locker room, I've been in those locker rooms where it's like everybody's against us. Look what we can do when we're down a man for 70 minutes. Those are the type of performances that build confidence with this group and say, hey, even if things aren't going our way, we know that we can get a result, and we've seen that, too, with how many points they've gotten f- coming from behind. But I think this win, though, it gives this team so much confidence as they go into a massive game this Saturday.
2: Well, and you never know what's going to happen in games, right? Like, I mean, 21 minutes in for that to happen and the way that Sporting responded and then able to come out on the road with a point is just is massive for all those reasons. But I was also thinking about this, Jacob, as you were talking. You know, there's a good core of young players on this team who, at some point, sporting may have to tap into that depth a bit more just because, hey, as the season rolls on, you don't know what's going to happen. For them to see a player like Alan Polito tracking back all the way to the top of the box to try and help defensively for this team to see from the literal top down if we're looking at like top as in value and importance of you know maybe different players on this team alan Plato certainly right up there at the peak of it to see that player do something like that how does that then help maybe the progression of some of these young guys who need to see that and, and know that hey this is the expectation for us and it's the expectation for everybody
1: yeah, I think it's massive, right? It's a massive sign. But I think it's it's almost even bigger than that. Alan Polito comes into this team where he's won at every place he's gone. You know the type of competitor that, that you have. But this is Peter Vermes's way that, that you play. Yeah. If you don't work hard, you won't be on the field. doesn't matter how talented you are. We've seen past DPs or big-name signings that come in here that don't put in the work, and they're gone in a year or two. Alan Polito... He's the type of guy who's willing to do that, but it's just the culture that Peter Vermees Mm -hmm. and and Kerry have built. And it was when I was here in 2012, I learned it. Matt Beasler, Graham Zussi, Roger Espinosa, those guys who were here before me, Paulo Nagamora came in and and we all kind of helped build it and and progress it. And now Graham Zussi, Roger Espinosa, Tim Milia, it it just passes on on down the line and, and now, these academy guys, too, who are coming up there, who've been in the system, who know that what the standard is. As I said, Graham Zusi, the standard is the standard, right? Yeah. That is, you always have to hold yourself to that, no matter what you do. And, and that type of culture that Peter and the group has built, that's why everybody that comes in here, if you want to stay here, you have to do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're going to go ahead and take a break because I think we pretty much, you, you guys, you, I don't have anything to add to that. Honestly, I mean, I think if if you were listening to this podcast right now and you hear someone who was a part of all the different numbers that are painted up on the wall for the most part at Children's Mercy Park since, since the stadium was built in Jacob Peterson, talking about what that moment meant, that's all you need to hear. I mean, he was a part of it. He understands what – trophy caliber teams are about and that let's be honest you can say we're getting ahead of ourselves by talking about trophies and all that and sure there's a long long way to go but the reason we do that is because that's what this organization sets the standard at and that's that's what jacob said there's a quote from peter for me is up on the suite level where we broadcast it says you know we, we mean what we say we say what we mean here this is what it's about and so that's what this organization is trying to chase right now and they set a, a statement out to the rest of the league and to themselves about what they're about this year and that they're up for it. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Andreu Fontas. He's another one of those performers who has been at that level all season long and did it again. He was team of the week last week. Probably could have been team of the week again this week, but they just don't like to give it to you every single week. And apparently they don't like to put you in the All-Star game either if you play as well as Fonte. We'll talk about that snub, other snubs that Jacob might have some serious strong opinions about when it comes to the All-Star game as well. And we'll preview this big game against the Colorado Rapids. That's all straight ahead. This is the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Micheloboltra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And we are joined now by a man that I know Jacob Peterson very firmly believes, and I am squarely in his camp, should be in Los Angeles at the All-Star Game right now because the way he's playing this year, as a center back for Sporting KC, Andreu Fontas. Fonti, as they call him. Uh, Andreu, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining us.
3: Hello. Thank you for having me. Good, very good.
0: All right, so I'm going to start right there. We, we know your teammate, Daniel Shallowy, is in Los Angeles for All-Star Week. And I also know that this is not something that exists in – have you ever played in a league outside of Major League Soccer that has anything like an All-Star game like this in the middle of a
3: season? No. To be had no first first time <laughs> first time here in the mls I have something similar
0: so there are some differences here playoffs are different right the postseason um yeah and the all what so what as a as a person who is not uh normally used to seeing something like this all-star game what are your thoughts on it do you have any opinions
3: um no I, I used to see I, I used to follow a little bit the, the NBA I know that here is a, like a big thing here in in America. This kind of of things, I think it's good for for the for the show. Obviously, it's a good um, uh, for for the players to be there. Obviously, it's 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 nice because it's a recognition of your your work. But uh, I don't think it's uh, something that you have to be. Uh, very worried, you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, at the end is uh, fans voting we know that how how this works and, and uh, i think it's it's important to at the end to to have uh, uh good um, performance with your team and and obviously this this um, would have been a, an amazing recognizement but but i i don't think it's something you have to worry about
2: so Fanti how how closely did you follow the NBA? Do you have a, a favorite team?
3: No, 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 no. Just, just uh, uh, I, I like it. Uh, also, the times are, are bad because when usually the games are around here, it's, it's super late there at night. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I used to, to follow without having any, any team, any special team. But just, uh, I like a, a lot of sports, and basketball is one of them. And obviously, the NBA is the, is the best league, so I used to, to follow.
0: Well, let's get to the soccer, Andre. We've we've talked to you about it. You've been asked a lot through the course of this year about how well this season has been going for you. On a personal level, I'm curious just what it means to you after everything you've been through to be able to show everyone in Kansas City what you're actually capable of the way you have this year.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm so happy, obviously, to, to be – uh, healthy to be playing, to be enjoying in the field. Uh, for me, obviously, it was very hard uh, the first seasons here because I knew I had more than what I was showing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously, finally being being healthy and being able to help the team. Also, the team is doing a, a great season. Uh, I'm playing a lot of minutes, and it's it's huge for me. It's it's just. Uh, uh, so I came to to do what I'm doing right now. You know, it takes too long maybe to to get there, but uh, I'm super happy to uh, finally be be on the field and enjoying and and doing what I like the most. You know, just playing. It's it's we every day with with my teammates, everything training. Uh, I always say that after injuries, after bad moments, you value more the the little things, and and for sure is what I'm doing right now.
1: That's so true. And I think I, I am the uh, the driver of the Fonte hype train. And I think everybody knows that you should be an all-star. I think you've been the best defender in MLS this season. Uh, but I, I want to know, I know you're close to him um, in the locker room and whatnot, but how has that relationship with Ilya developed? Because you guys have been phenomenal when you guys have been together. Uh how's it been playing with him at center back?
3: Well first of all thank you. Thank you for your for your thoughts. <laughs> uh I'm happy for you saying that. And obviously uh we really have a very good relationship. We we knew each other for, for a very long time. And to be fair, it's 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 amazing for me what, what he did this season. Uh being able to switch uh, position as fast as, as he did and, and with the super high level that he's playing since the first day that he he started playing there, it's it's amazing. It's just um, uh, for everybody to realize how how uh, intelligent he is, how how smart he is on the field, how good he knows uh, soccer mm, because it's not easy. He he made it look easy, but it's not easy at all to change a, a position and and win. Uh, that good and that fast, you know. So, uh, and then obviously our connection it's, it's it's been there also when when he was playing uh, as number six. But having him by m- by my side it's it's uh, it's, it's amazing. Now we have uh, this this connection. We we know each other. We we know what kind of boys balls we like, what kind of balls we don't like. We have a good uh, communication also. So it's it's great to play with him and and, and super easy to be fair.
2: Fonti, another player who's been fantastic on the ball, just as you have been uh, this season, and just your your passing accuracy, all those numbers, I mean, just by and far best in the league, but another one of those players, Remy Walter, and there's been some, you know, switching with him and Elie, just depending on who's healthy, and with Issy out, Remy has been back and playing in that defensive midfield role. Just from your perspective, how much has it helped Remy's development and progression getting to play in front of Elia, who knows that position so well at center back.
3: Yeah, Remy is another case that, that it's, it's. We have to say that it's it's amazing how good he adapts also to to this change. Oh, you know, because Busia was playing uh, every single game there at the beginning of the season. I think uh, Remy is a can be a very very good number eight or number ten. He started playing number six because all all of these problems that we had, Ilya moving back and him. He's stepping as a six when when uh, now that we we don't have Bush anymore and and he did an amazing job. Obviously, uh, as you said, uh, Ilya is a is a player that that likes to to talk and to speak a lot for sure. Uh, that fact helped uh, Remy a lot, and then he's so good with the ball. Remy have a lot of quality and is a very technical player. And uh, again, I think this is one of the keys of the of us uh, as a team, my team, where. Comfortable with the ball, we can make other teams suffer uh, having us the ball and controlling the game, and, and I think it's, it's, it's being one of the, uh, the key parts of, of our team and the success this season.
0: We're visiting with Andreu Fontas, defender for Sporting Kansas City, and, Fonte, you just said there that uh, one of your, gr- your great strengths as a team is how comfortable everyone is on the ball, and I love this quote, making other teams suffer. Because of that. Uh, this last game against Minnesota United, though, it looked like it was going to go that way. And then you had the straight red card. And all of a sudden, that typical game plan has to go out the window because you're playing down a man for almost 70 minutes. And you guys on the field in real time have to make this adjustment and find a way to, to grind out a result in that game. Jacob just told us in our last segment that he thought that was – one of the most significant performances of the season, and he was trying to explain to us what it does to the locker room, to the group of guys, when you are able to come up with a result like that. Can you describe for us, from your perspective, how you were able to pull that off over the weekend and what did that do for your locker room?
3: Yeah, it was a huge result for sure. Uh, as you said, um, we start. I think we started the game again on the road uh, very good. Uh, keeping the ball and and also having uh, our chances there. We had a very good chance from Gary, I think, before the the red card, uh, having corner kicks. Then the the red card ha- happened. Uh, obviously, we were all a little bit uh, frustrated about that. But then uh, I think we we all said, okay, uh, obviously our game plan has to change because there's no chance here. You can play with ten men like like we normally do with with eleven, keeping the ball and, and make the other teams run. But uh, um, yes, we said okay, we we won't play the the game that we like the most. Uh, but we'll have to everyone do a little bit more uh, that that what can even do when when we are eleven and and try to to get a result. I think we did a, an amazing job, an amazing job. Obviously, they they had chances. Uh, all teams are are good we know the quality of, of the other teams but i think we did a very very good job like uh trying to to defend to to be very compact to be all together uh still trying to push the team, the team up when when we could uh we had an amazing chance to to score when when daniel came in a great pass from from johnny and and KD was almost almost there to to score it would have been huge to to even uh score and then and get the three points, but uh, again, uh, as I said, I think uh, we have to be very happy and very proud of the work that we did uh, um, uh, getting a point. Obviously, at the end, uh, in the locker room, we were happy almost uh, almost like when, when we get a, a victory on the road. No, it's huge, again, to, to be able to change that. We are a team that uh, as we said and as we talked, uh, we like to have the ball and to, to keep possession, but this doesn't mean that if uh, uh, the games go in another way or there's not uh, uh, our day with the ball or the other team wants to have the ball, we have other other options. No, this it, it is huge uh, as a team. Um, for example, I would say LAFC, it was another game that maybe we didn't have as much the ball, but then we, we punished them a lot in, in the counter-attack. So. Versatility, having all these options, it's 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 great for us. And um, again, the the point in Minnesota felt uh, almost like like three points for us.
2: Fondi, how about the communication along the back line? Graham Zusi was on with Nate and the Border Patrol on weekdays here on Sports Radio eight ten. Yeah, nice plug, Ali. Good job. Yeah, you're welcome, Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, any but he was talking about uh, the communication along the back line and how that really sets the tone for the rest of the team and what you guys like to do and how you like to play, being able to recognize different triggers on the field, when to to move and and where to play the ball, just all those different things that the team and and the back four is able to communicate in real time. How would you just explain what that communication is like? And and you said Elie likes to talk a lot. Where does that stem from uh, along the back four? Uh,
3: Again, I'm agree with Sushi Cho. I think... Uh, the, the the back four and uh, most of all with the way we we want to play, so we, we are the ones uh, the back four and, and and Timmy that that we set the, the game up. You know, uh, if if Timmy serves the ball and we kick it long, uh, we are telling something to the other team. You know, or to, even to our teammates, is we are saying we're we're afraid to to play from the back and we we prefer to kick the ball long. And, and what we try to do every single game is try to find a way to to make the, the ball arrive them in the better options because we know that we have an amazing, amazing, amazing talented players up front. And, and our thought as a team is if we can get the ball them the best way possible, uh, they will uh, hurt the other team. That's that's what we we think. And then uh, this communication. Um, Also talking, it can be, for example, like uh, stepping up when when there's a long ball or the ball goes to the other keeper. Uh, If the back line steps up and and, and talks to the the midfielder and the midfielders talks to the uh, front line, everybody can go and press. We're together. Being compact is huge. Even when we press high, I think we are doing also a great job of uh, stepping up the line. We play with uh, lots of, uh, meters behind our back, but, but we are, we are all together and we're compact. We are, we are doing a great, uh, pressure and, and this, uh, so the back line is the one that sees the most, uh, of the field. And, and that, the negation I think it's, it's there. And we're, we're playing as a team. This is what, uh, I would say at the end, no, uh, we, we are a team. Uh, we, we adapt to every situation, to every game. Um, and and I think this is, is, is here at the end of the, the, the day.
0: We've been visiting with Andreu Fontas. And my, my final question for you, Fonti, is I just like to always get the perspective of of guys who have come from other places on what Kansas City means to them and what the club means to them. And especially listening to you talk about all the different positions where players have stepped in this year and been able to do the job there's obviously a culture here in Kansas City, and and a system that uh, that players seem to understand and and be able to uh, to execute. So for you, a guy that's been in other places, now that you've been in Kansas City for a while, what if somebody were to ask you? I guess I'm asking you, what does the city mean to you? What does the club mean to you? And and maybe what makes it special?
3: I was about to say it's a special place for sure and you said the special at the end <laughs> it's it a special place and and when you first drive here you, you can tell as many years as i've been here i i can feel this is a special city special club so the club the 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 ambition of the club how so many years it's been there obviously maybe 2019 it was the uh, a bad one a little step back but um, a lot of things happened that year i mean uh, being trying to to pursue this, this excellence every single year, uh, being uh, like fighting for for the top spots. This league is super 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 difficult, super competitive. Every team is better every year, and be up there always. It's it's something that that uh, you can only achieve uh, like working super super hard. And I think everybody has this this culture in this club. When you first arrive here, you you see. Um, how this club works, how good this club works, and, and, and I think every single one that comes here says, "Okay, I, I have to work like like them to to be able to have some success here. If not, uh, it's impossible to to have a success. Uh, this is something that um, maybe can, can look that happens everywhere, but I don't think it happens everywhere. So the how good it is from the first thing to to the last one in the club it's it's amazing and then the city uh i mean uh i have a, a daughter right now born here so um i can say even just good things about about the the people the how how they treat us uh we we call this uh, our our new house our new home uh, we are so happy here as a as a family and and it's been a uh, few years, but hopefully will be uh, a lot more.
0: Well, Fonti, we certainly love having you here, and it's been great talking to you today. Congratulations on all of the success this season and best of luck the rest of the year.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, that is Andreu Fontas. You guys heard it right there. That's the best way to put it. It's a special city. It's a special club. That's from a man who's been around and knows a thing or two about good clubs when it comes to the sport of soccer. We will take a break. We're going to come back and talk. We're going to get Jacob fired up. We'll see if we can get fired up about the All-Star game and about this big match with the Colorado Rapids coming up next on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts. We uh, just had Andre Fontas on, always uh, a, a friendly guy, always a thoughtful guy. Really fun to talk to, and he said a few different things that stood out to us, but I know Jacob, something that he said there when we talked about, when I asked him about what makes the club different, and I know you're a great guy to talk about this as well because you've been to multiple clubs in the league. Every time I talk to somebody who's been in Kansas City and been in other places, tells me that, that once they go play somewhere else, they notice how different things are. You maybe almost take it for granted. Fontas said, you might think it's like this everywhere, but it's not. And he was talking about the work ethic. What what stood out to you about what he said there in that regard? Well, it it seems so simple
1: that oh, you got to come here and work hard and and you know, if you don't, then you're then you're not going to be here. And it on the surface, yes, that seems like it would be like that anywhere, but it's not. And that is what it just speaks to the culture of what Pete and the ownership group and everybody down on the line has has built. And it is like that here. And yes, when you're in it, sometimes you don't appreciate it. Um, even I didn't appreciate it when I was here. I played at clubs before where it was a disaster. I mean, I played Toronto before they actually got good Toronto. Like we were, we were bad. <laughs> a- and that culture, it's a massive difference between there and Toronto, how it was to when I came to sporting. And you almost don't appreciate it. But when you have played at other spots, you do realize there is a difference here. And it can be hard. It's not for everybody. It's not easy um, to come to training every day and work, put in the, the effort when it's humid and 95 <laughs> degrees out um, you know, on a Tuesday in August or whatever. But if you want to stay here and if you want to have any sort of impact with this team, you have to. And you hear guys say that all the time. I mean, Benny Failhaber says that all the time. And he didn't want to work at first when he got here. Um, and he realized the only way that I'm going to play and to excel is to work hard. And then he became one of the best midfielders that Sporting have ever had. So it, it's the guys that buy in, that stay, and, and that are willing to do that. But it's not for everybody. And it's, it seems so simple, but it, it's not. Yeah, and I can speak to that.
2: And it's so unique, too, with Fontas just because when he came here and then to so soon after suffer that Achilles injury that then kept him sidelined for for such a long time and to put in that work just in his recovery and his rehab. And Vermees talked a lot about this. Just you can tell sometimes with different guys who who are fighting their way back and and the ones who aren't. And Fontas was one of those guys who was fighting his way back. And Melia talked about it the other week. You know, just every time you saw him rehabbing, putting in the work – at the training facility, missed out on the MLS's back tournament, couldn't be around the team, but still put in that work to then get back on the field, not just back on the field, like look at where he is now. Uh, he is he has cemented himself along this Sporting Kansas City back line. It's just it's really impressive.
1: And that's why it's so impressive, what he's doing right now, is because that, that was a grind. He was doing a lot of that on his own. Like, and then
2: when the pandemic, he was saying how a lot of it too was then at home, so you're not even, yep. it's just to, you get in such a routine in general, uh, everyone does, but as an athlete, like routine is, is huge. And in rehab and working back from an injury, it's even bigger because it's so dependent on staying consistent. And for him to stay consistent at a high level and then now to reap the reward of that is, I mean, he's the happiest guy you've ever seen. Like, he's always smiling.
0: I remember talking to Ike about, you know, working back from some of the devastating injuries he had and just the feeling of isolation. Because when you're you're playing a team sport, it's so much about being a part of the team. And then you're just sitting over here by yourself. And if you don't have somebody else who's going through an injury at the same time to work out with, you're really on your own. And Fontas, in a foreign country, is doing that, and and now he's here. The other thing about that that point, though, Jacob, that stood out to me is when he talked about every team in this league is so good, you know, and that's not the the parity in this league does, I think, create a different animal. You and I have had conversations about you see players in other leagues that are able to play 50, 60 games in some cases during the course of a year. And I know we're trying to get to a point where you can maybe ask players to do more here, but I'm wondering, is that not a little bit because if, if, if every third game or so, you get to go at 60% and still win, whereas like we talk so much about sporting didn't have the juice against Portland. They paid the price at home against a team that's way below them in the standings. You could do that in some other leagues maybe. Do you, I don't know, what, what do you make? of is that, is that part of the reason it's so hard to play as many games in this league?
1: Yeah, that's definitely one, one reason. Uh, I, I don't – you've heard me say it. I don't like that argument when people say, oh, guys should be able to play more games. Yes, if you're playing in in the winter months where the temperature is right, there's no humidity, sure, it's much easier to play at a high level 50, 60 games or whatever. But if you're playing, said 95 degrees, even 85 degrees humidity, going to Dallas – Uh, Your body can't sustain that. I mean, one thing that the U.S. in general has are very good athletes, right? And we have good sports medicine, and that's kind of something that we, the United States in general, are kind of on the the cutting edge of, right? And if our athletes can't do it here, to me, that argument is like it it doesn't hold any weight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and, and I would point out, too, it's not just playing the games in that weather. We're in this middle of this heat snap right now. These guys are going out playing, training in the heat like this every single day, too. And that sometimes does that, I mean. well, that, And the, the
2: travel, I just want to point out to the travel, because like in some of these European countries, you're not going cross country t- uh, time change, you know, not cross country, just, you know, sporting traveling in the Western Conference, but coming back from L.A. or Seattle is not an, an easy trip. It's just it's there's an element of recovery that goes into the, the travel part that's a lot harder than it would be elsewhere that the United States, just because of how large, even if you're playing within a conference, it's just a lot more grueling.
0: So we can we can move on from that topic, but I just thought it was interesting hearing Fontas talk about that. All right, let's get into another topic that's di- different about MLS. All-star game. Jacob, this is the new iteration, MLS versus Liga MX, The the – the partnership between these two leagues continues to grow before we even get into the roster and the, and the snubs and all of that. What do you think of this new, I mean, we we went through the East versus West stuff. Then we went through, let's bring some of the biggest clubs in the world, to town and, and, and have them play against our all-stars. And now it is all-star team versus all-star team, you know, theoretically best 11 versus best 11 from the two leagues. What do you, what do you make of it?
1: It's better. Um, Before, it was a joke. Uh, Guys getting together, playing against a European team who's in preseason. I mean, I I understand that the league wants to have an all-star game. Other American sports have it, but it doesn't make much sense to me. And playing against League MX, while that that at least is a step in the right direction, to me it's got to be either just an exhibition game, East versus West, kind of like the NBA all-star game is – I watch the NBA All Star game. It's like 170 to 180. Like the, mm-hmm. it, it's a high scoring game, entertaining. To me, risking, playing a competitive game, at, at halfway through your season, in the heat, risking injury. It doesn't make any sense to me when you, every team should be your their goal should be fighting for trophies at the end and not playing in. Uh, a meaningless All-Star game. I, I think they should get rid of the All-Star game completely. I don't think there's any reason to add an extra game in there at all. Uh, but if they're going to do it and they seem set on doing it, this is way better than in the past because those games, I mean, what's there's no benefit to me. You either get blown out by Manchester United or you squeak out a win against Everton. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So do you
0: think that this will matter to the guys on once they step on the field? Will a star player from Columbia who's playing in Liga MX be fired up for this game to show that they're better than this league? Will the MLS players have a chip on their shoulder, or, or will we not know until they actually get out on
1: the field? Everybody that's there is competitive. So everybody that's there, when the whistle blows, they are going to try. They're going to work hard and and want to win the game. They, you don't make it to this level, and you certainly don't make it to be an all-star and one of the best players in the league if you don't have that almost irrational competitiveness, you know, where everything's a game. You're competing against everything. That's what gets guys to this point. So they're, they'll compete when they're in between the white lines. But I don't think if you ask anybody, they might say that to the media that they care. They're going to put out a good performance, represent our league. But guys don't really care.
0: Should we be upset if the best 11 players – the real best 11 players from this league, if we're going to do this, should we expect that the best 11 players actually are there?
1: For me, yes. For me, if if it is a all-star game where you you should reward the players who have been playing the best, This if you want, I don't know what you would call it, but if you just want to throw out all your DPs and say, hey, we're going to play our your, highest. Your most
0: high-profile players.
1: Right. Yeah. That's a different thing. To me, if you're going to do an All-Star game, it has to be the best players that season. And I I have no problem doing the fan votes um because that obviously gets the fans involved, which is cool, which is what what the league wants. But it, every single year Seattle's going to have five guys in the All-Star game because their fans vote the most. That's they they have a lot of fans and they do that. So it's kind of like not saying Seattle's great this year, and they have been consistently, but, I mean.
0: Who's the most ridiculous appearance on the All-Star <laughs> game this year?
1: You know what I'm going to say. I know. i got to set <laughs> say you up it. for it. Rodolfo Pizarro. The fact that he got called in. Solely because he used to – or he's Mexican, right? That That's – and they're playing – He was League a star
0: at Monterey and other places. He, he was a good player.
1: But, he, he was yeah. a good player in Mexico. He's yeah. a terrible player in MLS. No, maybe not terrible, but he is a below average player in MLS. He's having a very bad season. He has three goals and two assists. Um, I, I think there's five players on Sporting who are more deserving of an all-star bid nomination than, than he is. And there are probably – 100 players in MLS who deserve to be there over him. And, I mean, you could say, okay, he's he's not a goal scorer. Maybe he's a creator. Maybe he's he's, create, or he's got 10 key passes this year, the same as Fantas, the same as our center back, <laughs> 10 key passes. I, I don't understand why they would call him in. Just from that, to me, is disrespectful to all the other players in the league who have been having good seasons. Alan in Pulido. And, look, if you ask Peter Vermees, he probably doesn't want any of <laughs> yeah, his players Let's Let's, there. let's,
0: let's, not, let's not get all in Pulido called into something else right now. Let's I, k- <laughs> hey, there's, <laughs> there's still time, you guys. So, like, no, I don't want to speak anything
2: into existence.
1: <laughs> there are just so many more deserving players than, than this guy. And MLS consistently does this year after year where they bring in it. I mean, and at least this one made kind of some sense where – the game was in Portland. Neil Ridgewell, I think, just – that was who it was. Liam
0: Ridgewell. Liam.
1: Liam, that's right. who it was. Yes. He just signed for Portland. He played, like, one game. He gets called into the All-Star game. And it's like, what What are we doing here? And I get that he's in there from Portland. But, like, to me, if you're going to have it, which I don't think you should have it, I've said, but if you're going to have it, has to be the best players. And I think it should be in East versus West because we said it on our call yesterday, but guys – over the years, have had bonuses and mm-hmm. certain type of performance stuff that the if you make the All-Star game, there are incentives to that. There are benefits to doing that. And if you're not truly saying that the All-Star game is a reflection of the best players that season, then you are unnecessarily and unjustifiably hurting players who deserve those bonuses and deserve to yeah. have those contracts. So there's a lot to – to get me fired up about on this, but I, they should scrap it to begin with. But it's better than it used to be. But result, Rodolfo Bizarro should be nowhere near <laughs> the. <to y'all laughs> That's stuff. what I want okay, to get Okay, but
2: question because I like I'm with you in just like it's great for the players because there are bonuses and different things like associated with it. But the timing of like when it hits like right in the middle of the season right when you're getting into the the fall and as you're working towards the playoffs and stuff would it make sense to do it like the NFL does with the Pro Bowl where you have it like the week before the cup so that way you can get some good momentum and then that way the teams that make the final like they don't have players represented like they they get named to the to the roster but there's you know if if their team makes it to the the big championship game then they don't have to like go and participate in it but it's still a chance for a play- they still get whatever incentive I don't know it's better
1: yeah Absolutely. Instead of putting it right here where guys could get hurt, and that's that's just why all coaches around the league probably don't want their players to get called in there because there's just that added risk of injury. Yeah. Well,
0: then there's the syncing up of the the apertura, Clausura, Mexican schedules, the two seasons they have with MLSs. It's a lot. It, there are a lot of moving parts to try to navigate with this whole thing. We'll put that to bed now because we only have a few minutes left to get into what is. A big, big game coming up at Children's Mercy Park. The Colorado Rapids guys are red hot. They are right on the heels of Sporting Kansas City, only two points behind them and two games in hand. That means this is a three-point, you know, well, six-point swing where Sporting could either go up five points on them or go down a point to them. Um, and they're going to have to do it without Remy Walter. Jacob, maybe give me how does Sporting KC replace Remy in this game, especially with the good midfield that the, that the Rapids have. And, and what are you looking for most in this game for Sporting KC? It's
1: a tough one. Uh, there's obviously a few different options. You could bring in a, another center back, push Ilie up. You could bring in Roger, have Roger kind of play uh, the six and, and keep Cam Duke and, and Gotti in there. Um, we don't know. Um, but it's, like you said, it's the midfield is going to be so important because Colorado – has a very good midfield. They don't have a an out and out goal scorer. I mean, Barrios is their leading goal scorer and their leading assist guy. And you know, Dallas didn't want to want him to to stay around there. So it's kind of like a crew of castoffs. But there are a lot of good players on that team, and it's going to be interesting because I think that that's going to be key is to win that that midfield battle. But I mean, last time Colorado came here, Sporting carved them up crushed them um and then the point in in colorado with with a rotated lineup was a massive one too so this season sporting definitely has colorado's number
2: and another instance of timelia heroics in that road that road win and look like colorado is going to definitely just how close they are to sporting in the standings right now coming off their first big western conference win over the galaxy looking to you know maybe capitalize on that and I don't want to make too much of like sporting's ro- or home form because, like you said, they've they've had some really good results at home. But if we're looking in recent history, Jacob, it hasn't been great. And and the energy was lacking in that Portland game. Yet this team's gone on the road and they're unbeaten in six and have had some thrilling, dominant performances. What do you think the difference is? We've heard different players talk about um, just how teams play them at home versus on the road, how that maybe opens things up for sporting, allows them to really capitalize and be clinical and lethal as we've seen them against some of the best teams in the league. But at home, you know, against teams that are below them in the standings or, or just, you know, teams that sporting could and maybe should beat, it hasn't necessarily been the case as of late. How do you think that changes perhaps maybe in this game at home against Colorado? Just from, from that energy standpoint. Yeah, even. well, I
1: think guys are going to be up for it. One, coming off that performance in Minnesota, I think that's something that, like I said, you can build that confidence. You guys kind of gives energy within the group, and, and there's this undercurrent that, like, all right, we got this. And knowing that it's Colorado, you know, everybody knows the standings, especially at yeah. this point in the season. You know that Colorado's right there. As Nate said, I mean, this is a massive game, uh, a really big game. And –
2: And a week Uh, of rest.
1: Yes. And uh, except for Daniel. Except for Daniel. Uh, But uh, (laughs) it's... MLS All-Star. Yes. Uh, But Colorado is a team that, since Robin Fraser's taken over two years, basically, ago, they have been the best road team in MLS, which is a shocking stat based on the previous history of Colorado going on the road. And I know because I, I played there for four years and we were terrible on the road. We were great at home, we were terrible on the road, but Robin Frazier has been kind of changed their whole culture. And I've been so impressed with him and handling the the COVID situation that he did last year and and really just kind of remaking this team as his own switching formations this season, which makes them really hard to break down. Uh, They have the most shutouts on the road too, during that time that he's been the coach. Um, it, it's going to be a really difficult game, but I think the guys are going to be up for it. And I think that it, Colorado is obviously going to be up for it. They got nine points last week. Yeah. And in their last five, right, they've won four of those, tied one. And the one tie was against Sporting. So it's it's going to be a massive game. I think this is, up until this point, this is the biggest game of the season for Sporting. Um, and those six-point games, as you get closer to the final Uh, game of the regular season these games mean so much so I think guys are going to be up for it I don't think we'll have that same problem that we did in that Portland game
2: well and the other thing just with this Colorado team I mean what Frazier's done with one of the smallest payrolls in MLS too like you look at some of these teams that just spend you know dollar like big signing big signing and then just don't see that success translate on the field and then to see what they've done I mean that that goes straight back to the culture of the team
0: well, coaching matters. I mean, yeah. uh, Robin Frazier showed that because his predecessor was complaining about players. And uh, he, he lost his job. Frazier came in, and Jacob put it out there. They've been winning pretty much ever since. Big game Saturday night. it's retro night. From what I understand, there's going to be all sorts of really cool retro apparel on sale at the game. Of course, you can get your tickets at uh, SportingKC.com. You can watch it on Bally Sports Kansas City at 8 o'clock with the pregame starting at 730. And you can listen to it right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. That's going to do it for us. Our thanks to Andre Fontas for joining us on the show. For Jacob Peterson and Allie Trost, this is Nate Katie saying thanks for listening. We've been presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And we'll see you next time on the Sporting Kansas City Show.